You're listening to the greatest multifamily investment advice show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation, and I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to the greatest multifamily advice show. Today we have Vikram Raya, an exceptional guest with more than seven, year, seven years in real estate investing in different uh, in different real estate uh, spaces, more than $650 million under management. Please help me to welcome our guest today. How are you, Vic? Adam, good to see you, good to see you and good to be here. Thanks a lot. Thank you for so much for being with us today, and I appreciate you taking the time. Vic, your background is in, in the medical space, and you had it like a huge transition to uh, multifamily and real estate investment. What was the upside for you to say, okay, I want to do this transition to multifamily? Adam, I want to be very upfront with your listeners. So I was pretty good at the medical plumbing uh, of the body. And so I just transitioned <laughs> to the physical plumbing of the building, man. No, no yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the heart has electrical issues. So does the, 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 the body, you know, so it's like, so does the building. So uh, I, I felt that my skill sets as a physician can translate into uh, the detail oriented nature of, of uh, high level investing in syndications and in multifamily. But that being said, it was not an easy journey. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't realize this was where I was going to end up. You know, my whole life, my dream was to become a cardiologist. Mm-hmm. I worked my tail off to get there. In fact, that was like, if, if I had achieved that, I thought I was set for life. And, uh, I worked numerable hours, you know, in fact, I didn't match the first time I, I applied for cardiology. I couldn't get in. It was mm-hmm. so difficult. It's one of the most difficult specialties to get into in the country. And uh, I reapplied and I did more research and I did all this stuff. And then done, I got in and I thought, man, this is it. This is great. Um, you know, I thought birds would chirp and flowers would come from the heavens. And what I found, Adam, was this. Uh, the physicians that are in the practice, lot, many of them really enjoyed what they did, but many of them were doing it for the paycheck. And in fact, they were working more and more hours, longer and longer. And the joy that they, they initially received from medicine was gone. And essentially, they're just trying to squeeze as much as they can out of the job mm. in order to pay themselves, in order to live their, their life that they wanted. Mm. And I knew I couldn't keep trading dollars for hours. That was not a pr- proposition I was willing to make. Mm. And so I made a declaration when I started practicing in 2011. I said, if I'm still practicing, and I was like about 33 at the, at the time out of I said, if I'm still practicing by the age of 40, something went terribly wrong. Mm. So I made that declaration. I didn't know how, why, what's going to happen because of that. But I just made that declaration. The second thing I did was I tried to explore other opportunities. We call them side hustles, alternative streams of income, investment strategies. I went mm. from, I had a, 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 a placement where I would help. Uh, these facilities staff with with physicians. I tried that, and you know, it was successful to to a moderate amount. I've also had I, I tried options trading. Mm. Um, I found that very difficult. In fact, I you know, it was <laughs> I, I I found that the one of the most complicated things I've ever had to learn. Uh. And finally, I was like, I settled on real estate because it, it it made sense to me. It was intuitive. It's a real asset. I could touch it. I could feel it. And yeah. I know a lot of people who are not very smart. Who are multi 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 millionaires in real estate? So I was like, okay, this is something you know. If they can do it, I can do it. 
So I started in single family homes and um, my first home was $28,000. It was in Atlanta. I did, bought it with my father. Mm. And uh, I was so scared when I bought that home, $28,000. We put in about $20,000 of work into it and we sold it a couple of years later for 80,000. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I did that for a couple of years, but then I realized that this is nice, but this is never going to achieve the kind of true financial freedom that I want. And, you know, I'm already making good six figures, you know, to re replace that and make it even more. I had to do something more. I had to create scale. Hmm. And so I know Adam, a lot of the listeners on your podcast are wondering, Hey, how do I take my business to the next level? One, you have to decide. Hmm. Number two, you got to get mentorship. Number three, you got to make your business a system instead of a one man shop or one woman shop. And so I figured out number uh, I to make more money and to create scale, I need more doors. So mm. multifamily was a natural evolution. And number two, I need to make it uh, stop making it a hobby and make it a professional business. And those two decisions have now helped us create $650 million of acquisitions. We're in 10, I got, we're in six states. I think 10 MSAs we're looking at deals right now. I've created a team of about 20 people and we're on track to hit a billion dollars of assets. I think there's a great say here about more IQ you have, less money you make, but you managed to change this belief because of course you have a high IQ, but you managed to change, as you said, the mindset of being a nine to five um, job to actual business. And as you man, as you said, the the main skill here is to understand this is a, a, a team sport. Uh, you cannot work alone on this business. So how you manage to understand this? And you mentioned another thing also about the mentorship. Let's start with with being with a team. What was the upside for you to be with a team on your company? Not just in multifamily real estate, but anything someone wants to scale. Like if you have a medical clinic and you're just one person shop and and you know I coach a lot of these. Uh, doctors who are out there who they want to expand and grow, but mm. they're, they don't want to share their income. They don't want to, they want to keep everything inside mm. to, to grow and scale. You have to learn to be generous. That mm. means you have to hire people. You have to pay. You have to share in the wealth of what you're creating. Okay. Number two is you, you have to realize you are the bottleneck. Uh, if you, the entrepreneur can only succeed as far as his, as his confidence and his ability to, to think and scale. So okay. I have to think like uh, a Fortune 500 CEO to take my small little investment company to that next level, right? I have mm -hmm. to stop thinking like the, the fix and flipper on the side of the street or the, you know, the guys who are at the real estate associations or the people at the meetups, right? They think too small. Yeah, I want to think like, okay, if I want to get... And you have to also think with the end in mind. So stop being an engineer and start being a visioneer, you know? Hmm. So that vision prompted my mission. And the mission prompted my strategy. And the strategy prompted the team and, 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 and the consistent daily actions that I needed to create that three, five, 10-year vision. So with that being said, when I started this company, Viking Capital, in 2015 with my buddy, we, I already knew where I eventually wanted to take the company. And so year one is this, year two is this, year three is this, and year four. And it's like consistently growing. And the less decisions have to run through me, the faster my company starts growing. Hmm. 
Okay, makes sense. Uh, my next question will be about uh, your scaling your portfolio around a lot of state. Can you tell us about your target market right now, especially with the inflation? And there's we're already in the middle of recession with the, the new interest hikes from uh, the U.S. banks. So what is your current strategy and your focus on the market right now? Uh, I'm actually excited. Uh, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that the uh, sort of the uh, fair weather investors have gone. They've left the market already because mm. uh, in the last few years, anyone could make money in the market. Now it actually takes strategy and skill set to win in, in this in this market cycle. And so uh, it, it was very crowded space. You know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry wanted to do multifamily and syndications or self storage or whatever. Mm asset class. Now, the people who are going to really do well are the people who are who are well positioned, they have good relationships, they can underwrite very well, they know how to stress test, they can acquire debt, that still makes sense. Mm. And, uh, and they're not uh, hoping for appreciation, they're generating cash flow. Mm. And, 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 and they're choosing the growth and emerging markets, where there's demographic, uh, positivity, there's employment positivity, mm. and there's all, overall uh, uh, a supply and demand mismatch that is in favor of the multifamily uh, owner. So, so far, how many um, um, transition uh, or transaction uh, with a full cycle was, uh, was Viking Capital? So out of the 26 deals, we've taken nine full cycle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, my question again, as I mentioned, what is a major focus for you on the market right now? Is the Southeast, as the Midwest? So which which location you're looking for right now? In- it, it's 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 the Sun Belt. That's our number one uh, uh, geographic location. We're I don't care what your political affiliation is, but we're buying in red states. Okay. Because they're uh, more landlord friendly. Yeah. Um, that's where the jobs are going, and that's where the growth is going. So vote however you want, but I'd recommend buying in more of the Republican or red states, we call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, this is because of, I think, the, the market fundamental shift, especially on net immigration, um, the um, friendly laws, especially on rent control, and all of this is happening, I think, on as um, the Southwest, as Southeast, I'm sorry, was uh, Texas, Florida, uh, the Carolinas, Tennessee. Alabama's all of the states still has a, a huge potential, and um, this is an actual market shift on the last, I think, two years. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right, Andy. Uh, I'm Adam. Uh, okay, so um, as an advantage player on 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 the actual uh, market right now, and you mentioned the recession, how you see the similarity between the current market and 2008 scenario, especially that the actual uh, factors now is different than the the, the previous recession on 2008. I think you, you you clearly said it. I mean, this is a different recession. This is more like the 2000 recession, Adam. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. The consumer is not slowing down. I was in Italy for about a month. Uh, we just came back. Hmm. There's so many Americans out there. They have a lot of money. They have disposable income. The euro and the, and the dollar actually achieved parity, which has been very rare. It hasn't happened in for the last 20 years. And so what that tells me, there's the strength of the U.S. dollar. And that's because of the interest rate hikes that the uh, Federal Reserve is doing. Uh, the overall global economy believes in the U.S. economy. It's a safe haven. And the $10 trillion of excess uh, liquidity that was created from the quantitative easing 
mm. is now looking for a yield. So regardless of the interest rate hikes, this this money, unless interest rate hikes go really high, where it's like it makes sense just in you know put in like stocks and treasuries and things like that, they they still have to chase a relatively good good yield. And U.S. real estate is probably the best place to do that. Mm. Uh, there is not financial, um, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the financial behavior of the lending institutions has been very good. So it still takes a lot of energy to get a loan. It takes a lot mm. of requirements. And so they, the, peop- the reason why transactional volume was high was because of liquidity and equity, not because they were giving easy loans to folks. Mm-hmm. And that's another difference between 2008. So this will be like a 2000 recession where it's mild, 12, 18, at most 24 months, not as severe. People will probably work through it, work, go through it. And the, the smart investors will make a killing off of it. And, and the conservative investors or the people who are not sure, we're probably going to sit on the sidelines and wait for it to heat up again. Makes sense. This basically is an opportunity for a lot of investors. If you have a good relationship and uh, uh, you are saving cash on the side, you can buy really good deals on, on, on this market. I, I think I'm, I'm going to shift to another question, which is, what is your uh, specialization right now on the asset class? It's, are you focused on B-class or C-class buildings right now on, on your career? So for the guys, if you don't, uh, you know, your listeners, you know, um, D class is war zone. C yeah. class is like <laughs> blue force, blue, blue, you know, blue collar housing. And yeah. B class is, you know, white collar, gray collar housing. And A class is people who, ch- uh, who choose to rent by choice. They're essentially renting by choice. We focused, we, when we started our company, you know, to get the deals, you usually started winning the C-class deals. But now in this economy, I, I don't want to win a C-class deal because, you know, their car breaks down, they probably won't be able to make the rent check, right? And and they're probably one or two disasters away from not being able to pay rent. Hmm. While a B-class person probably has six months of rent lined up, you know, and it's not going to, you know, a, a rent bump is not going to change their, their life in any way. Yeah, and, and definitely A class as well. So uh, we are, we're buying in B and A areas and in B and A class properties. And this is a more conservative and it's actually a more lucrative strategy, especially during this part of the economic and market cycle. I like this transition always with an, with investors when they start to scale their business. They understand that the money on the beginning it have to be on class C and then they understand the hustle is too much and then they do the transition to A and B, which is making more sense to be honest, as you, as you mentioned. But right now, as you mentioned, with nine deals already with full cycle, can you tell us what is more appealing for you right now after seven years on the business? It's more on the syndication, syndication or the fund model? Uh, syndications are, are a way to raise capital whether it's in a fund or in a single asset. So they're both syndications. Yep. But maybe your question is really single asset uh, syndications versus multiple, multiple asset syndications. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done both. I like both. Uh, it just depends on your investor base. Some investors love you know, putting uh, money in in one, one money with a sponsor and they trust the sponsor and they don't have to worry about the details. So that's the, well, the fund model. Other people really, they're a little more sophisticated investors. They're savvy. They want to look at each deal individually and make a decision on the deal. Yeah. And that's more of the single asset. So we've done both. We've been successful in both. Uh, 
and we'll probably continue to do both. Initially, we're going to just do fund model, but we found our investors, they're really, we have really smart, savvy, sophisticated investors. They actually want to look at the individual deals. So we want to give them both, both options. I think you mentioned another thing as uh, on, on, on the beginning, I think uh, as a main factor here in our business is raising capital. How was the raising capital journey for you, especially on the beginning to start to uh, marketing for your, for your model, for your properties, especially at, on the beginning on 2016 and 17, how was that raising capital uh, journey for you look like? Uh it's less about the uh, when, what what year we started raising it versus just our growth in our mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, we thought, hey, you know, what we're doing, you know, we want to do it for ourselves. And then people found out what we're doing and they wanted to join us. And so we invited them in. So it was friends and family. And then now we're at the point where we think we have an opportunity for anyone in the country who wants to work at the top level experience operator to really join us, uh, you know, at vikingmultifamily.com and really take uh, their their hard-earned dollars and translate that into this kind of passive income streams. And I know there's a lot of syndicators out there, a lot of sponsors, but you really got to look at the experience. You know, who's been through some market cycles, who's actually, you know, taken deals full cycle. And, you know, uh, if you ask people who've done this many deals, you know, what is your experience? Have you had a bad deal? Have you done these things? And if they don't answer yes, they're probably not telling the truth. So most people have had some kind of, you know, strategies, challenge, you know, setbacks, and we've mm-hmm. had two. But despite that, we've never lost a single investor dollar item. So I'm really proud of that. And number two, we've averaged about a 24.8% return for our investors uh, over, over the, the whole period. That's really great. That's really above, I think, the market value. Usually it's a market value between 18 to 20, but 24% is, is perfect. Um I think my next question will be about mentorship and how important the mentorship. I I saw that you, we we discussed this. You've been in a in different mentorship. What was the goal or an upside for you to go between different mentors and different cycles in your career so far? It's two words: collapsing time, Adam. Mm. The goal is to collapse time. Uh, I told you at at 2011 when I finished my cardiology fellowship and I got my first job. I was like, if I'm still practicing by the age of 40 which was in 2018, something went terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And so that bold goal of essentially, first I had to go and achieve the pinnacles of my cardiology career, all the while figure out alternative streams of income. So then when I left cardiology, I'd have other ways to you know support myself. That was because I, I've really worked on my mindset. Uh, I've started thinking about things that are impossible to most people, but are possible to me. Uh, I've, I've had to figure out systems and strategies. I've had to figure out, you know, how to handle setbacks and challenges. I've had to learn how to become a leader and run teams. I've had to figure out how to acquire talent. I've had to also learn how to become marketing and selling because we're all marketing selling something. If I'm a doctor, I'm marketing selling my health strategies to my patients. If I'm an engineer, I'm trying to, you know, market my projects so I can get more business. If I'm, Mm. you know, we're podcasters, what we're trying to do, we're trying to market and gain more you know, listeners to, you know, and come into our ecosystem, if you will. So mm. it doesn't matter what you're doing. If I'm a parent, I'm trying to market to my kids so they follow the right principles and be successful in life. So what I've done is I've become a, ma- I've tried to become a master of influence and, and I had to learn all these skill sets. And this is not what they teach you in medical school. They don't teach you this in business school. They don't teach you this in many places. So 
I've had to continuous consistently be a really good learner. So I, I the skill of meta learning is, is huge. It's 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 creating that vision and mindset, and then it's getting people who've already done what I want to do. I want to mm. get really good at marketing. Let me hire the best marketing guy out there. I want to get good at um, mm. how to uh, scale my company. Let me hire Greg Dickerson. Like you know, I've I've been hire all these people, and now like I have a team of coaches all over. And now so much goodness has been pumped into me. Now I'm sort of teaching others. So now I have like a you know I have hundreds of doctors in my mentorship where I help them up level their life in business mm. success and then you know and whatever they also are trying to achieve and i like to do that for the fun of it not because i need to i really thankfully because of my real estate i've been able to you know be financially you know free if you will but now it's how do i pay it forward how do i give back so many people have helped me how do i help others 100% 100% i think i will come to the, my favorite question always on my podcast and you as a good human bloomer how you describe your superpower or strengths? Uh, I think it's to manufacture success, right? No success has been given. I don't think I have any innate intelligence or ability. It's like, all right, I, I see a goal, I see a vision, and I freaking figure out a way to make that happen. And and I know I can't do it, so I figure out how to assemble a team. I, I, I assemble systems, and I'm sort of the orchestra director, but... Mm there's so many pieces that have to get together to make something happen. So uh, I think that's my superpower. And um, I don't know when to say no. I don't know when to say stop. Okay. Okay. I think the last question will be, everyone know about um, Viking Capital, but how the people can follow uh, Viking Capital success or reach out to your... Yeah. So we're on all the uh, social media channels, but vikingmultifamily.com is our website. It'd be a great place to get, get started or you know reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for being with us today. And we're really happy to bring you again to talk more about the success of Viking Capital. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Adam. Thanks awesome to be here.